Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined again by Wendy McConnell. Hello. To, you know, We just opened this before we hopped on talking about football. It's football mm-hmm. season. We're sort of in the heart of football season now. And as I was sitting there watching all the football over the course of the weekend, I just started thinking about the economic impact of you know sports in America. We're going to talk mostly about football today, but but sports in America. And I'm endlessly, endlessly fascinated by sort of the business of sports and all the money behind it. And, you know, like I said, since we're sort of in the heart of football season, I thought I'd talk about the the NFL, the economic impact, the money, and all that kind of stuff. For those who are fascinated in the business of sports, there's a great podcast I actually would recommend. I don't know if you're supposed to recommend other podcasts on sure, your podcast, absolutely. but there's a guy named Joe Pompliano who had it's called the Joe Pomp show. He has an email newsletter. He does a podcast each week breaking down sort of the the money behind sports and and the, what it what it all means, right? So Okay. So let me ask you this. Is it true that the more money you have, the more likely you are to win? Yes, I do think that that has played out time and time again. The NFL is one of the perfect and this is probably only true in Amer- you know, American sports what the NFL has done. Cause in general, if you look at sports in general, you got baseball, soccer who have no salary caps, right? So historically speaking, the teams that have spent the most money have won the most, it's not the case every year, but the NFL has among the best parody of any of the major sports, meaning the teams that win are different the most. Okay. And that's because of the way that the finances are structured with their salary cap. And they have a, a hard cap that you can't go above, which forces parity sort of in the league. Whereas comparing and trusting like European soccer, they can pay people. There's no limits to what they can pay. There's They have what like financial rules, but essentially, and we saw that even over this summer, if you look at Saudi Arabia, has been really trying to make their entrance into sports. And if people are golf fans, you've heard of Live Golf and all the money they've been, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. It's rumored that Tiger Woods was offered like 800 million to a billion dollars to leave the PGA Tour and go to the Saudi Arabian League. They, for soccer in Saudi Arabia, they, they offered Messi, Ronaldo, and Mbappe, who's a French player. You know, those three, those are sort of the three biggest, best soccer names in the world. Total cumulative was a couple billion dollars just to get them wow. to come for a couple years. So in general, the money really matters how much you're willing to pay the people. But the NFL, again, because of some of those rules, have really forced parity in the NFL, which is, you know, so teams can be really good and bad more often than, and it, you know, you compare, and then again, comparing and tra- contrasting the NBA, the NBA has similar rules, but then they also, so they have a salary cap and then a hard cap. And then they, this, sort of middle ground in between. But really, if you want to compete in the NBA, you've got to go up to the hard 
cap. So again, teams that are willing to spend the most money typically end up being the most successful. Well, isn't the cap supposed to like eliminate that problem? Is it the fact that a lot of teams still aren't getting up to the cap because it's just so high? In basketball, you mean? In either. Or... Any of them. Yeah. So it, there, you know, there are minimum spends you have to spend too, but the cap, most teams get up to or, you know, close to that, the cap. But it, in the NFL, that prohibits you from stockpiling. Like the Kansas City Chiefs are a good example of this, not to get too sports here, but like they lost Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the league, because they couldn't really afford to pay him enough because they already had. Patrick Mahomes, one of the highest paid players in the league, and Travis Kelsey, another one of the highest paid, right? So it's forced good players to go elsewhere. Whereas, like in soccer, you just pay them all. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Got it. So, okay. So, you know, like I mentioned, the sports and money has just been everywhere in the news with the Saudi Arabia stuff. This is, I think, an obvious question, but I'll ask it anyways. And we'll, you know, Wendy, not to put you on the spot here, but do you know what the most popular sport in the world is? Soccer. Soccer. Okay. Do you know which sports league makes the most money? No idea. MLB? It's the, it's the NFL. Oh, okay. By a significant margin. So that's why I wanted to highlight the NFL today. Okay. So the NFL, so soccer, as you just said, it's most important, most popular sport in the world. The NFL makes more money than the top five European soccer team for soccer leagues combined. Okay. Which just sort of totally blew me away. Now, Americans are crazy for sports, as are Europeans for soccer, you know, in South America, et cetera. And the money certainly in America is just bigger because of the size of our country, the GDP, et cetera. But it's just, I thought that was pretty fascinating that those yeah. big soccer teams you hear about, the soccer leagues, the Premier League, Bundesliga, right? If you combine all five of those, the NFL still generates more revenue. One game a week. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> you know, some scarcity that's certainly been rumored as, as one of those okay. reasons why is the scarcity. And, you know, the U.S. is obsessed with football, right? At what? all levels. Are you crazy? You're seeing, I don't know, you know, depending on how closely people follow this, right? You're seeing high school teams in Texas build $50 million plus football stadiums and, facilities just oh, Texas is in a league of their own when it comes yeah, to football. Right. So you got Texas, it's football and Jesus, right? Those are the two, <laughs> those are their two things, right? And football, I think Mal might actually be above Jesus the way the way things are trending there. I didn't so say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so so it's just again the the money behind this is just fascinating. If you look at youth sports, just sports in general, I think they're you know they estimate about a hundred billion dollar industry with the travel and the paying you know coaches pay fees and just all that kind of stuff. It's just it's massive, right? In in America, so if you look at the big four American sports by revenue, so how much money they're bringing in, you've got the NFL at nineteen billion. It's I think actually the new numbers with the, some of the new TV deals will be north of twenty billion. In revenue, baseball is next. Baseball and the NBA are about the same, about 10, 11 billion. And then you got the NHL trailing far behind at about 6 billion, right? So, again, anything, anytime you're doing something that starts with a B and billion, yeah. you're doing okay. I was going to say and um, NHL, okay, 6 billion, that's still not too yeah, bad. Pretty good, right? But 19, 20 million from the NFL, again, is just, and if you bring in like, 
college football and stack that number. If you're just talking football in general, the yeah. number gets even crazier. But you know, and most of that revenue comes from the TV deals that they make. It's a, just over half about. So, and sports really dominates TV. We've heard about the demise of the TV, you know, of cable TV. About every day, I think I should just ditch my cable. I'm paying too much. Would you still have cable, Wendy? I actually left cable and then went back to it. So, okay. So <laughs> yeah. the, the, that's happening. And I would, if I had to guess, one of the reasons you went back would be because you're a sports fan. Because That is the sole reason that yeah. I went back. <laughs> so if you're not a sports fan, I've, I think it's really hard to justify spending money on cable. So if you look at 2022, 82 of the top 100 TV broadcasts. So show 82 of the top 100 shows on TV were NFL games. If you take sports in general and you add up college football, you know, Olympics, World Cup, soccer related things, right? All of those things. It's really about 95 of the top 100 shows on TV are sports related. And the other five, you know, it's like you get a, a random. If it's an election election year, right, you get some political stuff in there. Or you get the Oscars, some of those kind of things. But sports just dominate. So if you look, the NFL just renegotiated a lot of their TV deals. As I mentioned, that's where most of this money comes from, right? So you look at ESPN. So really, Disney, who owns ESPN and ABC, they have the Monday night football package. And they're paying about point. Then I don't know that I have the perfect number so in the range of like $2.7 billion per year just for the rights to air the Monday night football games. Right. And that gets them in the mix. They also get in the Super Bowl rotation. So you've got them, you've got Fox paying north of 2 billion, CBS paying north of 2 billion, and even NBC who only gets the Sunday night games is paying north of 2 billion. And they're paying extra again, because they, every once every four to five years, we'll see how the streamers come into this, but they get to host the Super Bowl, you know, which gets 150 million people to watch, right? So that's why they they want to be in the mix there. Well, and if I can just interject in for a second, is one of the fascinating things about live sports is it's really the only time that commercials get watched. Oh, absolutely. Between the news and and live sports, it's the only time people aren't recording and then watching back and fast, fast forwarding commercials. Yeah, so, if my kids have to watch a commercial. They have like a meltdown. They're like, "What is a? I've never seen right. one of these before." Right? Exactly. So they yeah. can still charge top dollar for sports advertising. Yep. It's it really is the only thing left, right? So, and you're starting to see because these numbers have gotten so big, there's a lot of debate and demand. And, you know, a lot of these companies are having to decide, can we really afford this? Because the, our business model is shrinking because of these streamers. So you've seen Amazon now come into the mix, right? They do the Thursday night games and they pair it. They're paying a billion dollars, north of a billion dollars just for the Thursday night game. Bargain. And then- yeah, right. You know, and then you you get you, you direct TV, one of the largest satellite companies, the largest satellite company used to have what they called the Sunday ticket, right? They couldn't afford it anymore and YouTube came in for 2 billion. So you've got YouTube, you got Amazon, Apple's always in the mix. Apple's getting in the mix with other sports. They they have the MLS package for soccer. It's, you know, the money because these cable companies and normal 
companies can't afford it anymore. These streamers are coming in and picking up the pieces. So, mm-hmm. you know, but again, you add all those up and that's 12 to $13 billion just in the TV money. Fat, you know, again, just unbelievable amounts of money all flowing in here. The average NFL team now is worth a record 5.1 billion. So on average, 5.1 billion. I would bet you would know the team that's the most valuable team, Wendy, because they're going to be one of your most hated teams yeah, in of course. It's the one everybody <laughs> loves, it's the one everybody favors, including the refs, the Dallas Cowboys. America's team, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they're they're estimating they're valued at nine billion for that one team, which is the my understanding, again, I could be wrong on this, but from what I read, that's the largest sports franchise in the world. Bigger than any, certainly bigger than any NBA teams or soccer teams or baseball teams, right? Just, again, a, a huge number. And when you wanted to get into, you know, I don't know what, I should probably should have looked up what Jerry Jones paid for this. But originally, you could get in, if you wanted an NFL team back like in the 1900s, that was sort of, you know, before... The NFL is like 1920, 1930. You could start a new team for about a hundred dollars. Oh my so gosh. You just assume you did you've started with a hundred, now it's worth nine billion. And I you know, Jerry obviously okay. isn't quite that old, but yeah, just again, the amount of growth that they've seen has been been astronomical. And the games have a really dramatic impact on the local economies. And that was that's the thing I was thinking about as I was watching football yesterday was. Think about all these people coming in, all the money that gets spent. Vegas built this brand new stadium and everybody's going to Vegas when their team plays there. It's just a huge boom to the local economies there. So the NFL PA or the Players Association, they did a study. They estimated about $5 billion per year that gets injected into these local economies because of all the travel and lodging and restaurants and all the stuff money that comes with people who travel to your city, they're incentivized to make that number a little higher. So I'm not going to fully stamp that, but you know, it is a big number. You look at even Tom Brady's probably the best example of this in football recently when he went from the Patriots down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's estimated he increased the value of that of the team by $650 million just himself wow. because they started, you know, they went from only selling about 70% of tickets to selling out and raising tickets 20, 30%. And all the jersey sales and things that the teams and the league and, and the players, you know, share in all that revenue. And you look at even a team like the Cleveland Browns, who's sort of a middle of the road meh team. They've never won a Super Bowl. They've had some okay teams, but for the most part, they've been a pretty bad team. A home game for the Cleveland Browns brings about $8 million every home game to the surrounding area, right? So that's a lot of money being spent by people ancillary to the NFL's revenue, right? So the NFL is obviously getting their money, but you think about all the people that get employed and all of these people that have jobs as a result of this limited window from September to February, purely, you know, because of the NFL. And again, you extrapolate that across the other sports and it, that number just grows. Yeah, go ahead. May not, you may not know the answer to this, but I, I just wonder because it's a lot of money. Who gets the concession money? Yeah, that is a good question. I don't, I don't know specifically for everyone depend, you know, in a lot of instances, there's a company who typically owned by the team or by the owner that man, you know that's responsible for managing the concessions area 
And then, so they get to keep some of that, you know, and some of that revenue gets split with the venue. Gotcha. The stadium thing is actually getting really interesting too. I think we even mentioned this in, in past episodes, but you know, there's the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans now are the two biggest teams looking, you know, trying to build new stadiums or have announced new stadiums that are north of a billion dollars. And they're asking for public money to pay for that stadium. And that's sort of a divisive topic. The common phrase you'll hear is you socialize the cost, meaning spread the cost out amongst the taxpayers and you centralize the profit because the team or the owner of that team gets the stadium. Right? You still have so, to pay $300 for a ticket. <laughs> right. All the, yeah. So that's becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And there's a lot of recently, and this happens actually, you see this with the Olympics now and even with the Super Bowl. Everybody used to say, oh, it's such a great thing to have the Super Bowl in your city because it brings so much money, but there's so many costs associated with it too. So as I was doing some research here, the NFL says that brings anywhere from about three to $400 million into your city. But if you talk to some economists who look at that, they're estimating that might only be more like 50 million after you factor in all the costs and things associated with it. And most of that money ultimately ends up in the NFL's pocket anyways, because they're hosting the events, they're selling the stuff, right? So it's, and you're seeing that more and more, even with the Olympics, especially in some of these other countries who spend a lot of money to host the Olympics and the Olympics come and leave and they're stuck with all the societal cost of that, right? So there is pros and cons certainly to where the money's going. But again, with the NFL, just so much money behind it. One last stat that I think we'll leave on. I hope this has been sort of an interesting walk through all the money and and where it comes from. But I, I was sort of fascinated by this. If you think about Las Vegas and all the sports gambling that happens there, I don't know if you've ever been inside a sports book, but you walk into a sports book and you can bet on almost any sport in the entire world at any time of the day, right? There's right. so many, so much stuff there. But if you look at it's almost half, it's 44% of all sports betting in Las Vegas for the whole year happens during on football during football season. Now that is, they don't separate it out between the NFL and college. So it's probably going to be both combined, but those two sports make up almost half of all of the sports betting that happens in Las Vegas. So the NFL and football in general really is just a financial juggernaut. You know, I don't see any end in sight. Just every year keeps getting more and more popular. So and you can bet on any aspect. You can bet on who's going to win the coin toss. I mean, mostly the Super Bowl, but like, yeah, so you can bet on how long the hang time is on the kickoff ball. I mean, like it's just yeah, the great. amount of it is it is crazy. The amount of things they've come up with to, <laughs> to take advantage fun. of that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so I hope you guys thought that was as fascinating as me. You know, again, I was sitting on the couch just thinking, what you know, there's all these commercials and ads and. I've got YouTube, all these things. Like, there's a lot of money here. What's where does it all go? If you have any questions about the NFL, certainly happy to answer that. Not my, you know, I'm not, I don't work for the NFL, so I don't know everything, but, you know, again, fascinating there. So if you'd like to learn more about us and and our services, what we do for our clients, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com, or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.